I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank, Thank you. you. Now watch this drive. <laughs> hologram uh, with by uh, Will I am so they have a job and they have confidence that they can get another job if they need to so that's a really tough nut for the fed to crack i thank you the a team thanks you you're never going to get away with this you'll have a union in this valley over my dead body that's exactly what i was telling our union members this morning that was Episode 17, Mother. Watch This Drive, brought to you by hey. the folks that bring you crime, as in we do crime. Are we all on the same page about what a cold open is? December 29th, Or do we need to refresh? Oh, cold open, we've been nailing it, but I'm, I just jumped on the intro because I just wanted to drive you crazy. So you're warming, you're, you're making the open far too warm? But what's funny is oh, that... Oh, that's, that's a perfect, that is a professional opening. Yeah, these notes actually have introduction. Doesn't say no introduction. Yeah, well, I just added it in Comic Sans, all bold, all caps. Oh, you're the one that did the Comic Sans? Yeah. Um, oh, I thought it was true. No, that would have been even funnier. Terry yeah. Gross and Steve Inskeep would be jealous of the introduction I just, I just performed. I just executed flawlessly. You did. Do you guys go on Instagram a lot? No. I don't even have an account. I go occasionally. How's your algorithm? I, I go there. I go there when people send me send me stuff to to see on there. That's it. But I don't actually. I disabled my account a long time ago. Randy, how's your algorithm on Instagram? Shows me like five or six friends' pictures and then drops me into ads. I've performed one of the most common modern sins where I've been engaging with content that I hate. Oh yeah. It makes it think that I like it. I mean, I guess it doesn't care how I feel about it, but it knows that I'm engaging with it, so it pushes mm -hmm. me more of that content. And the content in question is really shitty coding posts. I send them to everybody that I know, and I, I love them, and I hate them. I'll give you an example. So wait, 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 this wait, wait, is wait. yeah. I haven't received I haven't received one from you. Well, you're not on Instagram. We've established this. <laughs> okay, here, Carl. Let me send you this one. Okay, I'll just I'll send you the link. He doesn't respect you as a coder. I know. Yeah, what a piece of shit. Yeah, I know you are. Uh, that's what, exactly what he told yeah. me earlier. He's like a piece of shit. Yeah, that's okay. Here, let me let me say that again. He said you're a piece of shit. There we go. That's really Jeez, good. There was a delay. That was horrible. Yeah, you should do it fix again. that. <laughs> so this is a a post on Instagram that I was suggested, and I'm not going to give the username of the probably content farm that's pushing these out because I don't want to give them any more followers to mislead and. At the same time, also, I don't want them to get roasted too hard if they are actually doing this in earnest and they just don't know any better. This purports to be an OTP generator post. And if you use this in production, you should be fired. It's written in JavaScript. And an OTP generator, one-time password generator, is essentially a function that is supposed to create a random uh, list of numbers to like text you to confirm that you own 
the phone number or the email address that you're signing up with. So it's a, a one time. Yeah, we all get these all the time. Yeah. Yes. The problem with the way that it's implemented in this post is twofold. For one, they're using math.random for the core randomness engine to actually pick from a, a list of numbers randomly. And math.random in JavaScript in most implementations is not actually random. It's pseudo random. And so if an attacker is able to figure out what the seed is for that generator, it's predictable. So don't use math.random for anything that requires security. There is a built-in crypto library to do crypt, not cryptocurrency, but to do things that are cryptographically secure that runs in Node.js on the, the back end. I'm pretty sure, I don't think it runs in Dino, but there's certainly a polyfill. And it also runs on every modern browser. Side note, I'm getting really excited because you go to MDN uh, and you look at like the browser compatibility for these things and you know it's not there anymore. You know it's not a column anymore. No, I don't. Internet Explorer. I, I, Internet Explorer. Oh, okay. All Internet right. well, Explorer. You just segue. No... That was a quick segue. I, I, you were talking about the OT. I know. It was, a, it was okay. an aside. Anyways, coming back you to this post. Like, was a, I have whiplash now. I the other problem with this, so Internet Explorer is dead. Good riddance. I love it. But the other problem with this is that you should never run this in a browser because if you run this in a browser, the person can access, they can get it. They, they can, they can, they have access to it because it's running on their machine. So if you put in somebody's phone number, and you run this OTP generator on the browser, you can just, you can scrape it. Yeah, you, and then you, yeah, can, you can just scrape it. the return. So this has 1,600 likes. 1,625. It's wrong in many ways. Drew, everything you just said is completely wrong because they have a flame emoji after OTP generator. So, I mean, it's on fire. This is great. Like Also, they, the, they I'm, I'm they, noticing now that there's a, there's a very clear watermark for an account that is not the account that posted this. Yeah, it is a little weird. So it's just being reposted all over the place. Yeah, so that's that's shitty, making people worse developers. And that's kind of the, the overall vibe of these posts that I get served. If I like actually went after these, if I actually followed these or, or any of the influencers or most of the influencers, the, the programming influencers on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, you, you would be making the most hackable shit on the planet that also is not performant. Here's another one. I'm sure this specific one is OpenAI has probably already scanned this. It's probably already part of the... Uh... That's probably in there. These are probably, yeah, these are coming from OpenAI, getting pushed back into OpenAI. uh, (laughs) And this is all that's going to be left at the end of it. Yeah, people were talking a lot about like OpenAI making maybe, oh, maybe like these transformer models, they'll end up being able to like break SHA encryption or they'll, you know, be able to get within one, one millionth accuracy, which is all that you need to make it irrelevant. They don't have to do that. They just have to keep making the defense shittier by suggesting bad code to people. Okay, did you guys get that? Real quick, though, before we go into the new post, I am racking my brain. Like, when would you ever use something like this in the browser? Like, why? The why, is the, why does this exist? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Is it you just also, like? Is it just like a fake little app? Like somebody's just like a like a teaching like a moment demo, kind of thing. Maybe? The only thing that that post is good for is like showing you how to rand to somewhat randomly select characters from a string. Yeah, but the use yeah. case that it pretends to be using it for is not how you should do it. No, it sounds fancy though. It's very strange. It's very yeah. That, str- that I mean, entire thing, written, by the way, if you do it right, yeah. that's that's one line of code. We're using the the native modules that ship with Node or that run in V8, which is where it would be run naturally is on a server. You know, return. This is, you would. Like, it yeah, there's no. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that you. It would, doesn't. It does not tell you to run it in the server. It doesn't give you any of that. And th- this is a problem that like exists with a lot of tutorials, even pre-shitting out all of these individual little posts on Instagram, looking at game tutorials, 
this is a, a criticism. I'm not the first one to raise this criticism, but most of the times when you actually like look at a tutorial to do something in Unity, Godot, or any of those engines, they'll show you how to make the visual, but they will not talk about how to scale it. They will not talk about mm -hmm. you know the performance impacts or alternatives. Like there was a, a very famous, very widely distributed grass tutorial, like a, a foliage tutorial. And if you do it the way that they implement it in the system or in the in the tutorial, you can it starts to like eat up your entire GPU after mm -hmm. you get to like a, a few thousand grass blades. Five frames per second. It'll be awesome. Yeah. And there's better ways to do it. So it's just anyway, the, the whole tutorial industry is kind of like people are teaching things that they, they probably shouldn't be. So the next one is avoid the delete key. Keyword, sorry. This is actually one that there's some controversy around. The delete keyword in JavaScript. So in JavaScript, there are these things, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not explaining this to you guys, but the JavaScript language contains, like many languages, the concept of objects and object literals. And an object in JavaScript is a, a key value pairs. So you've got uh, one value is the key, and then there can be a value associated with that key. So like if you have a person, you know, that could be represented as an object. If you have a Randy, uh, the, the Randy person object, they might have a property called name, uh, and then that would say Randy, uh, age, and that would show 79. And I am not 79 years old. He's 78. You have that object, right? This is, okay, so say I, I don't want, Randy corrects me on the age thing. I don't know Randy's actual age. He's an amalgam. He's a mystery. He's inscrutable to us. He's, he is above us. His ways are not our ways. So I need to delete the age, right? From that, I don't want to set it to to null. I don't want uh, it to be zero. I just don't want that property anymore. I could use the delete keyword, uh, which is the kind of the older school way of doing no, it. I was just trying to so set them up. I would say uh, delete Randy dot age, right? Mm -hmm. That would change that original object, so it would just have the name on it. There's a new way to do that called the spread operator, where you're basically able to create a new object, and when you make a new object under the spread operator. Part of the thing you can do in the syntax is pull properties out of it so they're not included in the new object. Both of those are fine, but the post is acting like it's bad to use a delete keyword. And from my knowledge, the only reason that it's a problem, the only reason that it could cause unexpected behavior is if your patterns really care about mutability of objects. Like if you, if you which I, I'm totally fine with, like I'm a React guy, so immutable state all, all the way. But if you're, trying to like make new things if you're trying to take shit off there's nothing wrong with the delete keyword basically in a vacuum unless it's unless it's in a specific context and there is a i'm more interested in the comments on this one because somebody kind of brings this up somebody asks the question why can't you use the delete keyword like what's wrong with using the delete keyword and then somebody else is and this isn't a sea of just everybody like doing the clapping hands emoji and like yes thank thank you for showing us the light which by the way the spread operator is great and i would prefer it but it's not helpful because it's not it's not actually explaining this to you and like the nuances. And so there's somebody that's like, why can't you do it? And the response is like, because it could cause uh, a problem. It could cause problems when you're debugging. And then the guy, the, the person who's trying to bring reason is like, what problems? And then no response. Mm -hmm. Well, this person does respond here and there to other questions. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm just browsing through here. I get, I get what you're saying though. It's, it, it's, it's just annoying because the title is like, avoid the delete keyword. Like there's like, it's going to cause some fucking big big issues with your code but it's not yeah it, it would in specific context but it it would be helpful what what i'd like i'd like a version yeah, but of this post that talks about the differences and like the different yeah problems. but but i but i feel that if you're using the delete keyword you probably know what you're doing 
you know, it's not going to be a problem. Probably. But then, but then you kind of see some of these comments and like, uh, there was one of these, one of the comments was like, but how do you remove the middle property? So the people that are consuming these earnestly just do not have, cause it, okay. So for the listener, it doesn't, you, there's no middle in an object. The order of the keys don't matter and they're not even guaranteed. So they can be in whatever order. Uh, but so just like comments like that are like, yeah, the people that are consuming this stuff are, do not have the existing knowledge to be able to even think about things in this, in this way. Um, so they're just kind of accepting things at face value. And I want to send you one more. Jesus there is Christ. a comment. The longest cold open ever. Un- unpredictable well, it's not behavior. not a cold open because Randy warm open does. Uh, unpredictable behavior with object mutation in JavaScript. You're just posting this so that people comment because it's 100% bullshit and you know it, right? <laughs> That's everything Drew just said, but summed yeah. up in like 25 words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, I'm glad they used the word mutation. We need to bring Jeffrey Robertson. Jeffrey Robertson, come on to the show. Yeah, welcome. Here's the one more. This one's just somebody kind of does point out for code readability. I still use delete. Yeah, I can see that. I could definitely see that. Definitely also, yeah, when you're when you're operating in, in a TypeScript context, none of this shit, shit actually really matters that much. Like you, it's way harder to get unexpected behavior, no matter which way you use. Although I know like a a bunch of linting setups, default linting configs will warn or error on usage of the delete keyword. But that's like, that's just opinion. Like that's just an opinion. Yeah. Thing, well, uh, save for the opinion, fact yeah. that if you if you if your stat cares about mutability versus immutability, immutability. What the fuck is this? How normal people seen every program. This isn't even is this good English. Grammatically, <laughs> no, this is terrible. Uh, how normal people see every day every programming language. I don't yeah, even know I, what. The, okay, this I, is I understand just a, what they're getting at. Yeah, this is just a fun one because uh, mm-hmm. it's like this pretentious bullshit. Where on the left you have uh, a person a. a male presenting person cartoon character labeled developer with the OPER weirdly highlighted for some reason. Uh, and yeah, that's, I was about to point that out. Like why you, you see the Python, JavaScript, like- HTML, CSS, Ruby. And then on the right, it's labeled normal people. And you have this dumb woman who only cares about TikTok on their phone and Instagram on their phone. And they just see all of that stuff as code. And that's how you know that if you're following this person, if you're getting served this content, that you're a you're a smart dude because you don't you don't think like the dumb woman you know you know those you know those languages exist you certainly don't know them but you do know that they exist both the, I just thought that was uh, kind of guy, more indicative of like okay. the, so the developer has Shutterstock um, watermarks all oh my god body. yeah he does yeah he does and the woman has what looks like a watermark i'm not i can't recognize the stock photo watermark it looks kind of he's, like two dude, maybe he's parentheses a de- he's a developer not a not an artist right <laughs> um so both of these are stolen uh presumably i mean we, and then we if you if you scroll the to the right watermark yeah it's google wants to teach you ai for free enroll for free registration link in our telegram channel link in bio it's so like a modern uh the nigerian prince yeah, this is just like a cool little sub economy of people being shit on and taken advantage of, but for uh, learning programming poorly. Here's somebody's why programmers think they are aware of an entirely hidden world that other people are miserably unaware of. Chill out. We know what codes are. Yes, yeah, people I'm know. Code. We know. They know what codes are. <laughs> we know what yeah. codes are. We, we just are not interested. We sit, we pay some nerds to read and write for us in all these right. in these languages. That's all. Dot, dot, dot. I do like yeah. the comment that says ha 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 HTML CSS dash code HTML yeah. CSS. Oh, I didn't developing. even notice they had ha ha. 
HTML is not a programming language. That's what I love these little people. fucking clicks. These little I know. These, these it's a markup language. It's not a programming language. Yeah, it's a markup language. Like everything else with web development, though, they ha- has had the most insane shit grafted on top of it. So yeah, it, I mean, you, even, even it is I, it is extremely capable on its own. I, I, I'm guilty of being one of those pedantic fools early in my career, but come on, mm-hmm. you, I'm still one have, of those pedantic fools. You have to learn. Like HTML is basically communicating with a browser on how to render. You know the box element, how to render. Nope. The DOM. No, nope, that's the it's, CSS. And the people that say HTML is not a programming language have clearly okay, layout how to lay have, out the DOM in some basic way. It's you know you're, you know you're have never off. touched have never touched the HTML5 Canvas object. You, you know what's pissed me off that's though about well, about yeah. Canvas is a tag and then you, you interact with it through JavaScript about modern the modern JS and HTML5 quote unquote is that there was this huge push for several years to make HTML semantic very semantic you know like we got sections we got headers footers and h1s and there's all these documents and there was this whole like layout thing that chrome had for a while that like it could like wasn't a layout it was like a um you could click it and it would show you the hierarchy of the page and you could see all of those things it was really cool and then react came out or something like it and basically there's like yeah no fuck that divs for everything again it's just like and, and then and then on top of that, there's just like it's just like the ad, all all the crap that you have to inject into your page just for ads and shit. It's just like it's all just a fucking mess. There's iframes everywhere. There's you know there's divs everywhere. Like you you look at like especially uh, like MUI or something like that, and it's just like your images are aren't just image tags anymore. They're like seven layers deep of with an, an image finally in there that's wrapped in four spans, five divs, and a bunch of other shit. The semantic markup stuff for html is an extremely good case study i think on the arms race between google and ai or natural language understanding and then like trying to get developers to implement best practices the semantic html stuff was a way to signal things to the mm-hmm. to search engines to crawlers about hey this is how the page is structured and they've kind of given up on that for the most part yeah and I mean, it was, it was beyond, it was be, beyond, it was, beyond crawlers, it was, though. There was, like, accessibility, yeah. accessibility. reasons and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, it was, ma- but there it was, was mainly there was, accessibility reasons. There was always an alternative, though, with, like, ARIA tags and stuff like that. And it, it, I, I see exactly, like, to your point, Drew, though, it was, like, a race between screen readers and, and web crawlers, you know, and the Googles of the world and HTML or, or developers and you know, there's like a meeting in the middle and developers were doing like all the heavy lifting when it came to the actual semantic tagging, you know, like nav and footer and all that stuff. But the crawlers and accessibility agents just caught up. They, they, they didn't need it. They, they've got contextual clues based on just regular divs of what the meaning of the page was without having to do all the nav and footer and, and all that stuff. A lot of and it's then, still uh, there though. A lot of no, the, nav, the nav and the, the nav yeah. and the footer is still there. The stuff I mean, and those are very useful. The stuff, the stuff that I don't see as often is the is the like aside and the the. There are extremely obscure HTML tags. They yeah. they are and they are. Well, I mean, sections, many browsers just port them to divs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. I like I've. It's just some of it might have been it's a one of those things heavy, where heavy handed just in the uh, in the you know as far as understanding because when you don't explain it to a pedantic developer of exactly what, when to use a section tag. Like, yeah, they're just going to use a div. Yeah. 
No, I, I mean, I get that. It's just one of those things where, again, it, it's like, it's almost like it didn't really have time. They pushed it out with all of these things. And then it, it was like, everybody's all about semantic markup for like, yeah. I want to say like a, maybe a year, maybe two years, you know, and where it was really kind of everyone's like semantic, semantic, semantic. And then all of a sudden it was just like, we don't need semantics. You know, Facebook said we don't need semantics. So let's not, let's not worry about it. Yeah, but again, game. a lot of it is still being used, just not everything sure we're using it because it's just it's more like what we used before you know like sure it makes sense to use a nav a nav tag for your navigation or a footer but you know if you look at any of these like bootstrap and stuff like that like none of them are semantic and their shit's wrapped so many layers deep it wouldn't matter anyway mm-hmm. what's the game drew <clears throat> uh i'm gonna name some html tags and you guys are gonna tell me if they're real or not <laughs> oh, yes well technically anything's real with XHTML. Well, well, yeah, and with uh, web components and shit. Is is uh, anything real, though? No, it's all fake. Okay, here's a tag called... It's real. What? No, I just... It's real. Wow. Hold on a second. Jeez, loud mechanical keyboard. keyboard. Hold on a second. This is a... <laughs> I cannot believe this is working. Okay, this is a uh, HTML tag called field set. Yeah, uh, the fields. Real. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. 100%. You know, you know that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I even uh, know that. Okay. How about that's, a, that's the, old. How about the word break opportunity tag? Word break opportunity I, 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 tag. It's a tag that, that defines certain positions in a text where it would be okay for a line break to be added, but not necessary. I know no breaks, but yeah, I don't know that one. That yeah, that sounds more like a CSS rule than an actual tag. But I wouldn't. I want to say that did exist, and maybe it's deprecated. It does exist. Okay. How about the teleport HTML tag, which is a tag. That allows you to uh, swap content between one place and another with a, a data attribute. No, just make that up. If you just made that up, that was really good. Yeah. You said a data attribute, and if they're the same, and then you have one on and one off, it'll just swap the content back and forth. Is that real or not? I mean, it sounds useful. Yeah, it totally sounds useful. It's not real. Okay. But I didn't make it up. <laughs> ChatGPT made it up. Oh, that's good. That's really good. I made oh, up some I shitty ones, too. Levitation? This tag would allow you to make the contents of an element float in the midair on the page. Very useful. <laughs> Telekinesis, like, this tag would allow like, you to move the contents of an element with your mind. When do you think Blink became uh, deprecated? <laughs> could you imagine? Blink, could you Blink, imagine? Blink, Blink was real. Once we get Neuralink in our brains and we can use the telekinesis tag on our pages. That, that would be That fantastic. sounds cool. That, that sounds that cool. That would be very, very good. Okay, let me give you another one. This is a fun game. One. Let me give you one more. Feels like uh, whose line is it anyway, where the points don't matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll give you, I'll give you a trump card if you win. Okay. How much uh, are those worth right now? Like ten bucks. <laughs> the data list tag. Data list. Data it list. sounds like it could be a thing, but I don't think it is. Uh, I don't think so, but I, I you know, it's funny because I do think I've read something like that. That sounds really, really it, plausible, though. It does. What do you think yeah. it does? Lists data. <laughs> That's, yeah, what would you even like? What like you yeah, have a I feel, JavaScript I feel like, array or something, and then you'd want to list it out without iterating over? I don't know. That, that's it's more boring than that. I feel like a data list would basically be a table. Yeah, yeah. Data actually, list I wasn't element thinking about that. Specifies a list of predefined options for an input element. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Who does that? <laughs> Obviously not us. No, you would you, you would you would simply you would simply use a component library to handle yep. autocomplete. Yeah. Yeah. Like an adult. <laughs> Some nerds uh, wrote that, not me. 
All right. So we want to talk about the economic incentives of digital advertising versus emerging technology. I guess. I mean, we could do the album on display. I totally yeah, I was like, we're oh, skipping, over, yeah. the al- the skipping over the album on display. That's Piano Man, Billy Joel. That's good. That's good. So you, can you actually see that this, there's I can a see a piano. I can piano. see a, p- a guy on a piano. It looks like either a very busy wallpaper or a lot of people. Are, it's a lot of people. It's like a jazz. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a little uh, speakeasy. Ooh, you guys are good. You guys are so far really good. It's That's not what it looks it, like to me. It is not Piano Man though. Um, hold on. I I actually picked out this record cover specifically for Drew. I don't know oh. why. Just when when I saw it, I'm like, oh yeah, I have this, and I bet you Drew would be interested in the uh, album oh. cover. It has a flag of a very prominent political so party uh, that really gained prominence in the 40s. I've seen this. Oh, shoot. I know this one. God damn it. Oh, well. It is a jazz record. I'll give you that. Yeah. Answer. Of course it's a jazz record. <laughs> I don't know why you listen to jazz. This is a really uh, good. Reverse record. image search seems to think that that is an American woodcock. <laughs> it's not an That's American a, that woodcock. That is a, you have a bird on display. <laughs> Reverse reverse image search on my end uh, seems to think that it is actually a uh, washing tag for a t-shirt. Like like a, a tag to like, tell you like whether you can yep. mix it with yep. dark Like it says, okay. 100% polyester contrast, uh, 100% rayon lining, 100% Here, polyester. This one's good, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to zoom, I'm going to bring it closer. So I'm, just give me one second. I think my headphones will actually reach, so I don't have to do that. You got some wireless ones? You get you ready some AirPods? I should have wireless ones, but all right. Uh, I don't want to get, I don't want to just totally give it away to you guys. All right. Let's see. Let's how, how far can I get it? Okay. Or here, I'll cut off. I'll cut off the title. Okay. Oh God, it's too reflected. Oh, I can see it. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to bring her in. Oh, now it's super reflected. That looks like a squirrel. Where's the where's the flag? Oh, is that a there's a gun on the table? Yep. Is this um the first? Oh, there's a gun. He's got a gun on him. Oh shit! That's a that's a swastika. Yeah, that's why it's in the. Oh my god! Is this it? like on the floor? Oh uh, oh! I'm. This is the first one you've actually done that I've heard about. It not only has a Nazi flag, but look who's next. Look what's next to the Nazi flag. Sorry, this is really difficult for me to do. There's actually another person in the. That's actually that's actually not a Nazi flag, though. Oh, get off with that! It could be. It's not. Okay, there's there's two sides of the flag, man. There's an actual uh, German soldier tied up to a chair. Right. Or so this officer, is like a... I should say a German officer, a Nazi officer tied up to a chair. There's a table with grenades and whiskey with a uh, a revolver, and there's like a. CB radio, a bunch of grapes. Not sure how anybody this. could interpret that as a Nazi. What, what is the What is the album? I know this, but I can't it's think of it. Thelonious Monk Underground. Ah, that's the. Uh, I, I zoomed in. I, I didn't know if you could read it. I like, couldn't read it, was, it. Like, right on top. So what's the background? Uh, well, Thelonious Monk. He came out of the bebop era, but he kind of reinvented the whole. So bebop is uh, Dizzy Gillespie, um, Charlie Parker, like really the jazz that everyone hates. <laughs> That listeners do not like because it's frantic, like you're just throwing a million notes at the wall. It's just an excuse to play the wrong notes. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. That but, kind of jazz. So, a word about the cover photograph. Although the illustration on the album cover may seem a trifle bizarre to the uninitiated, knowing intimates of Monk 
will recognize the setting as that of his studio, an important part of his Manhattan apartment. There's memorabilia of an adventurous and rich, rewarding life. Most noticeable, perhaps, is the Nazi stormtrooper. As real as he looks, he is stuffed. A trophy of monks' forays as a member of the French resistance movement in World War II, the famed FFI. He's got a taxidermied World War II person. Uh, a lot of this is fake, though. A lot of it is staged, and it's well, yeah. He's doing it for the performance. Likes. Yeah, he did it for the likes, for yeah. the views. So the cl- it's clickbait. It's very interesting, though. Super, super interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. That why is did not you, studio. Why did you make it? Why did it make you think of me? Because uh, it was interesting, and provocative. Nazis? No, because it's interesting, provocative, and kind of like I don't even know how to describe it. Like, like he's in on a joke or something. Yeah, so just remember. Yeah, well, because it's 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 very clearly like you know Nazis are bad, and you we should we should kill them. But no, it's we should taxidermy them. But yeah, the, exactly, exactly. Like including the flag itself is clearly a wink. It's like, yeah, you're gonna still be mad about it. Um, I think any Nazi imagery on an album cover is just gonna be yeah. met with a certain, um, you know, provocative kind of nature. But when did the album come out? I'll find out in a second. 1968. 68. Oh, okay. So this is a later one. This is well past Bebop then. Like as far as the, uh, you know, the movement. This is definitely Thelonious Monk in his elder years. Yeah, I'll check it out. It's interesting, though. I mean, I just I have a hard time describing his music. It's uh, it's very, very math rock. <laughs> to come back to an indie rock term. What? There's, okay. There's, what there's is math rock? Because I feel like I've heard that term every week now for the last three months. Not just not for me, probably. Right. Or is it? Well, I don't know. I, I think the last album was also like people. Talk yeah. About yeah. Definitely. Hell, I should add. It's definitely math rock. I don't know. It's just another f- fancy term probably for for progressive rock you know like prog rock that's not so anthemic so it's not like rush it's not it's like characterized big. by complex rhythmic and instrumental patterns yeah so you get a lot of uh odd time signatures you get a lot of five four and seven eight and, and changing time signatures mm-hmm. like yeah. i mean like mars volta's math rock. Yeah, mars volta is definitely math rock and their predecessor at the drive-in is definitely math rock mm-hmm. um they so it's just actually h- harder music. No, not necessarily. It's do? not, it doesn't no. have to be a brace. Oh, harder. Yes, more difficult to perform. Yeah, like more yeah. difficult to like yeah. actually. To, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it would be it would be venturing away oh, from uh-huh. like you know your your standard. It's deviating from your standard like four four. Yeah. Regular four chord. You know, and it's definitely not like it's definitely not formulaic in any way. No. And and honestly, can, it's, re- it's, can we recreate it, the the Instagram post where there's like the uh, the dumb person on the right that says rock, and then there's the smart person Randy on the <laughs> left that's just like all the different types of rock. But this is oh like, yeah, like the subgenres of you rock. know this kind of stuff is way before. So he 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 does these like really syncopated, strange rhythms on the piano. At first, it could be jarring. It's abrasive and jarring, but not like metal abrasive, not like hardcore abrasive, but just something that's like what is going on it's like very off kilter and it's not just the notes it's not meaning like he's playing some some dissonant scale or or some strange configuration even though he does do that as well the piano becomes more of a percussive instrument as well as a melodic instrument when Thelonious Monk plays it it's it's very interesting it's why I hate jazz no, it's not. You don't even no. know. Right, you want everything to fit neatly jazz. into a little box, Carl? Is no, that it's, yeah. no, I think, you know who else I think thought just, like that? Check the album cover again. Look where he yeah, ended it, up. 
I th- I think it's just that, like Randy was saying earlier, that genre of music gets that bad rap, or that that era of that genre of music. Gets that I bad actually, th- ironically, and I'm not going to try to like put you on blast or anything, but I just read this uh, this article. Basically, it's summarized that jazz, you know, pr- predominantly a, a black music, yep. born within you know um, the inner city or what have you. The reason jazz was defanged as far as a provocative music was because Berkeley got a hold of it. The big sound music education institutions got a hold of it and adapted it to white culture. And at this point, and I don't know if this is New York uh, University or Berkeley or what have you, but at this point, the jazz curriculum has zero black people, <laughs> like all wow. the professors and faculty. <laughs> wow. That's like, wow. That's... Yeah. And then and with the, the title of that album, like, Tying and connecting that to like underground in terms of the French resistance in World War II, mm-hmm. that is very interesting. And having yeah. like taking that that more militant approach. People look at jazz nowadays, especially this era of jazz, and really jazz that exists currently is totally ignored. People look at it like it's a high art, like classical music or something. Like John Coltrane is a uh, is Beethoven because they study it in the university, but. Thelonious Monk and John Coltrane were closer to, you know, Nirvana. No, Kendrick Lamar and nah, Kanye wait, West and nah. Tupac Shakur. Kurt, well, Kurt Kanye West would probably have a different, uh, oh, different yes. yeah, take on that album. A different cover. kind of thing. A lot know, but, of things. Well, you, Miles Davis went a little nuts too. Not that nuts, but <laughs> he went a little nuts. <laughs> We are now a music podcast. Yeah, sorry. And our listeners, if anybody's really into music, are probably screaming into the ether right now because I am not describing Thelonious Monk with any respect whatsoever. Send your description of Thelonious Monk, which is better (laughs) than Randy's, to us at wedocrime.com slash voicemail. Exactly. Wedocrime.com slash dunk on Randy's musical analysis. That's not real, but the first one's real. I will tell you straight up, though, uh, music theory and the uh, education and the uh, uh, academia surrounding music theory is completely a white supremacist thing. Um, and we can argue about that if you want to. Not right now, but sometime in the future. I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> this week on Watch This Drive, music is woke left. Actually, Wait. if you want to know more, check out Adam Neely, N E. E L Y on YouTube. Yeah, has no. an episode about that. Very, very interesting. <laughs> the economic incentives of digital advertising versus emerging technologies. So I did check out this Elon, uh, or I was exposed to this Elon. It was a Spaces thing, right? Elon I was listening Twitter to Twitter Spaces, like I always am, whenever Elon shows up, because that is such a rich vein of. Mm-hmm. Mm, it's so good because you get to watch the most powerful person in the world behave exactly like the middle manager you hate uh, who doesn't actually know what they're doing. And you, you realize that it goes all the way up. And so it's a lot of fun. But he said something that really piqued my interest in a recent one where he was talking about advertising on Twitter. And people were kind of talking about improving uh, Twitter's ad functionality, uh, the, you know, improving their ads business, adding new features to attract or advertisers, and he made a comment where he kind of tipped his hand and revealed that he does not know what the game is all about. And uh, I, I can summarize. I know exactly. What yeah, he said. please do. 
Yeah. So essentially he said he doesn't see any reason why you would not want to optimize advertising to relevancy for the users and why you would ever give the option to advertisers to optimize for impressions. So relevancy, which would be equated to probably um, optimized to click. So cost per click kind of thing where you would tailor your spend to whatever audiences are giving you the most clicks versus tailoring your spend with whatever audiences are giving you the most views. And the trouble with this is you have multiple uh, approaches when it comes to advertising. In some cases, if it's a brand awareness campaign, you very well may want to just optimize to the impression. And Apple does this. Like a lot of giant Nike, a lot of these huge corporations do that very thing. Because they might not have a product that's quite ready to convert on. Like maybe it's uh, just gaining hype or something. So you might want to optimize to impression. Or they want to do a um, a competitive uh, uh, landscape kind of evaluation. So they want to show up wherever their competitors' um, audiences are. So maybe they're you know selling shoes like Nike or whatever and they just want to show up wherever adidas is or wherever puma is or what have you so basically he we was, can't see the the be real front to the the bastards at puma we're nike <laughs> so, god damn it elon musk Can I to take this drew's shit? point to drew's point really tipped his hand by saying well i don't understand basically he was saying we are going to change twitter's algorithm to only be uh to have advertised to, to be available for relevancy yeah which is taking more of a consumer on, like, yeah, he's taking more of a consumer first approach. So thinking as a from a consumer standpoint, which a lot of people are guilty of because they don't really think from an advertiser's point of view or from a brand point of view or from a marketing point of view. So instead, he is internalizing his own experience on these social networks and saying, well, why would I ever want to see an ad that's not relevant to me? Yeah, and it's almost like he sells a product that costs $100,000. <laughs> like, it's almost like that's the only thing he's ever sold. Yeah, but see, he is doing exactly what a lot of these advertisers do with the impression thing every day because he is in the news cycle. He is Tesla is in the news because Elon is in the news and therefore he, his brand awareness is just through the roof. That's all share price, has, price though, but like that doesn't actually inform like the marketing campaigns when you're when your margins are that high, you can have each you can you can measure it effectively and be like, yeah, it's going to cost me $8,000 per conversion, but that's yeah. okay. And you have to look at it like, okay, so there's this whole thing called the conversion funnel, which is a lot of people in the SEO space or, or what have you in the search engine optimization space would know this, which is you, you do certain keywords, you optimize certain keywords for your broad audience. And then when you get narrowed down um, to people that are really close to like buying the thing that you're, that you want to sell, then you might narrow that keyword and, and spend more money or what have you for fewer, for fewer people. So what he doesn't seem to understand is that, um, you need money in all sections of the funnel in order to funnel people in, in order to narrow down. So at, at one point you might have a message that is tailored toward the higher funnel, the top funnel people. And then you might have a completely different message tailored toward the people that are ready to buy. Like going back to the shoe analogy. I don't know why I keep on doing the shoe analogy. But if someone's in the market for shoes, that's different than someone being in the market for Air Jordans. 
So you, you don't want to come out with a message specifically about the benefits of Air Jordans when they're just in the market for shoes. You want to figure out what they're in the market for when it comes to shoes. It might be dress shoes. It might be loafers. It might be whatever. And then narrow it down to, oh, are you in the market for tennis shoes or basketball shoes or whatever? Or, or fancy whatever. Does anyone even play basketball in Air Jordans anymore? I don't know. It's, this actually just made shoes. me wonder why <laughs> why Air Jordans aren't in all types aren't all types of shoes now like <laughs> yes, you could, so you i should... could totally see like nike air jordan dress shoes but again elon has no idea how this works so for a company that's 100 percent defendant except for now now you can get like the twitter blue subscription or whatever was 100 percent is 92 percent dependent <laughs> yes on ad revenue it's probably it's fundamentally important for you to understand as the CEO of, of an ad dependent company to understand how marketing and advertising works in its most basic. Like I, you don't have to get into the like the crazy business analysts like the nutsos that you know we work at at PetSmart. I want I want to very badly because <laughs> I want I want to talk about my maybe like maybe my take on it is because all of the, I yes to everything that you said one hundred percent, but. Yeah. This is to me one of the interesting things about this is one of the things that he said in the, the Twitter space was like, well, because he kind of got pushback on that, like people mm -hmm. in the Twitter space. Which I don't know why he does those because he always gets fucking I don't annihilated. Why is he ever but, signing into him? Yeah, but but there's a person uh, maybe I maybe he actually does buy his own shit more than more than I think he does. Um, I've kind of always assumed I mean, that he's like completely every time stable. I've heard him in the Twitter space and someone claps back at him with some actual facts, he usually says. That person has no idea what they're talking about. Can we mute about. this guy, please? Yeah, yeah, mute them. Mute them. Yeah. So the um, so he got a little bit of pushback, and he he actually kind of gotten a little bit of a, a back and forth with somebody who who said no, you know, like no people like really do expect to be able to do like really super hyper micro targeted stuff, and they like need to be able to address users at different stages of the funnel and all this stuff. And mm -hmm. the efficacy of that, we've talked about it not on the show before, but we have talked about how like a lot of this stuff is is mostly like bullshit, um, and that like your general like not not like the the funnel stuff, but the actual like hyper micro targeting. Like, oh, I want to try to target people that have been at a Puma store within the last like seven days, and, and maybe there's a correlation there between people who do that. Like, whatever. Uh, but I agree advertisers, with you. your show note that says mostly bullshit. That is completely. I mean, people do that. Marketers love that shit, but it's complete bullshit. Yeah, uh, it is. It is like like the efficacy of it is definitely in in question, but. They need to do it because they need to justify their own existence. And there's so many different, it's like the SEO industry that doesn't really, that's not really relevant anymore. Like there are so many different little cottage industries that have sprung up around like hyper-targeting and optimizing your funnels and uh, like doing all of this extremely granular stuff. And we have these entire economic systems kind of like built around them, entire economies, like big, the big agencies want it to be complicated and hard because that's what justifies their existence. And everybody in those in those agencies, uh, obviously, that's why they have a job. So they also want it to be that way. However, so he is kind of right, Elon. Well, he's he's completely right that it would be better if paid marketing essentially just used the same recommendation algorithm and just got a little little boost for money, basically. Like that would be a simpler approach. And then you can have even more complicated AI models that can kind of handle the the funnel stuff, the conversion stuff. I think eventually, like it'll, it's unavoidable that more of that stuff is going to get put into these systems. But mm -hmm. that is not good for Elon Musk. If you listen to exactly what he said, though, he's actually a little bit more into the micro targeting side of things because he just wants ads that are relevant to his interests. 
Well, no, but he said he said specifically they can just use the recommendation system. And he's like, I talk, you know, I talk to advertisers, by which he means the CEOs of the actual companies that are going mm-hmm. through ad agencies, which do not have the same incentives as the ad agencies. We're actually giving them all the money. He's like, you know, I talked to them and they said they would love it if it was just a, you know, like a, the TikTok algorithm for ads, basically. Is it, from my understanding, like that's kind of what he's he's pitching, and maybe I'm yeah. Not but he, enough- he, the thing that he got direct pushback on was why would you ever do a cost per impression campaign? Okay. Why, why would you ever optimize to just impressions? Like get in it to as many eyeballs as possible, which impression values, um, just mass quantity and over quality of relevancy. So it's it's basically the Nike and Apple approach. The Nike and Apple approach do not use micro targeting. Now, Nike and Apple approach is ubiquity um, because Apple understands fundamentally that the more phones they get in more hands, they don't care about who who might be in the uh, in the game to get a phone, who might be actually all they care about is getting mass. Yeah, they just they want to be they want to be visible. And yeah, they, they know be that, that the coolness coolness factor can only be gained if you gain if you have if you hit critical mass. And Nike yeah. is the exact same way. So if everyone in America has an iPhone, then Android users will be look, looked at as like aliens. And that's, yeah. that's, that's what Nike well, does as well. It's also because they have that alien robot. Is their logo. <laughs> I, wanted, is I do want to touch on like well. the, the cost of this stuff though. And like, cause we, we touch on how many jobs are bullshit and um, a lot of those jobs are in, in these spaces, these, mm-hmm. these, Ameri- these uh, advertising spaces. I think that it's fair to say that, digital marketing like the whether it's cost per impression cost per click it's it's quite the bubble yeah um, and we've seen some air let out of that already but part of what drives that bubble is the need for it to be able to print so much money mm-hmm. and the justification for that is complexity is what people will pitch as like arcane secret and knowledge on how to like game these systems and target people the best and build these these inbound marketing strategies or these hyper-complex, multi-pronged campaigns, campaign rollouts. And so if you make all of that completely algorithmic, and it's already kind of starting to happen a bit, if everything is just algorithmic and you can prove, you know, the results are better when we just put it through this black box system and we don't have to touch it or look at it, that really kind of reduces the justification to have these massive ad agencies that are moving billions of dollars around. Yeah, I'm honestly and, I'm honestly kind of surprised that these things aren't already done, kind of like how Betterment does stocks. But that will decrease, that will let air, it will necessarily, those incentives will change, and it will necessarily mm-hmm. continue letting air out of the bubbles, and it will make the ad agencies less profitable, and it will make the platforms less profitable. Because if your CPMs and your cost per clicks are dropping, and you're the platform, and your product is your user... That means your overall revenue potential is also decreasing with it. So Elon Musk, these ad agencies, they all have an incentive to keep CPMs and cost per clicks as high as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And you don't, so the, this is, it's a very interesting conflict there because they want to, like his instinct is, oh, well, let's just be cool and use AI for it. But it's Real like, quick well, actually, note, though. What? His incentive <clears throat> is to keep it less, um, Keep cost per impressions and cost per clicks as low as possible. As low as possible? I, I would think it would be as or high, as, high as, possible. as possible. Sorry, yeah. as high as possible. But the media agencies, as far as like placing the media, they're just going off of the marketing budget that they're given by their client. Yeah. So that's like a static variable. It's a constant. So really, if they get 
fewer impressions because the impressions cost more. It's not really going to change. So this is okay. So that. then this is that's a good point. So I'm doing I'm doing causation. As you got to look the, at yeah. You got to look at return of investment of the marketing spend, which is but a really the, hard thing. And that's why that's why the, all, a lot of this market the micro targeting exists is because it gives you a better attribution for the return on investment because a billboard hanging you know on on i-75 no so you have better stats right like your stats are better because you can say okay this campaign performed this way like this analyst and so again that's another another job created basically to be able to like run those reports and but 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 my point is so i i I was doing uh causality in the wrong direction the agencies they don't have an incentive to keep for cpms to be high for cost per clip to be high but their existence is part of what makes those numbers so high and so yeah. if you if you shift the responsibility of running those campaigns, doing those doing that reporting, doing that targeting to the platforms, to their black box algorithms, basically, then what the fuck do you need an ad agency for at that point? Well, who would be placing the ads? Would you the, you I mean you you hire two twenty twenty you you hire two twenty year olds to have yeah, an in house marketing to, team and you just try to do that and it doesn't work out that well. Imagine a world where there is extremely little by way of the things you can actually configure for these platforms because we find out that if you just give it the keywords and the topics and the shit, you run it through these systems and it will do all the targeting for you and it's going to optimize. Yeah, your, it's not, your that's, not, that's not really the, the complicated part about placing the media though. It's not like configuring any of that stuff is, is rocket science. Yeah, each platform is a little different and what have you. The, the, the real value of the advertising agency is that they have very close relationships with the platforms and they get media for cheaper. That's it. It's like the it's, I mean, same is true since the sixties, like the, the Mad Men kind of the first episode of Mad Men, uh, first season episode one, somebody's getting a walkthrough. I think it's the uh, secretary, the, um, the, the president's uh, daughter in, in West wing, whatever her name is. She, she's handmaid's tale. I forget the the actress's name, but she's getting a walkthrough and she's getting an explanation of how advertising works. And the reason people go to ad agencies, and this is back in the sixties is because ad agencies would buy media. So they buy the different pieces of a newspaper and magazines, you know, whether it be like they buy ad inventory, like in bulk, basically have an inventory in bulk. And then they sell it for still a discount, but they, they make a little bit of profit by selling it to industries. And that's exactly yeah, what but I, I just see one major trend that to me signals the overall flattening of these types of relationships and less less emphasis on like the bulk buying or whatever, which is that everyone is an influencer. So like every person, like every individual person with a TikTok account, for example, you probably get prompted to like promote your posts. And so like everyone have with their like little side hustles, like everyone that's just trying to find friends or whatever the fuck, like trying to, trying to build an audience yeah, uh, for whatever. They're paying those influencers to do that. What do you mean? The, I mean, there's influencer campaigns that are. No, I know. Like, but that's, I mean, paying those, I'm, I'm talking about like yeah. individual people, like paying TikTok to boost their posts. Okay. I can't imagine that the bulk deals that you're getting for buying a bunch of inventory, but you're not really even buying inventory on these platforms. Well, you are to an extent. Because you can demand your cost per clicks and cost per impressions are lower because of how much your how high your spend is, you know. So it's like a volume buy. It's it's not exactly bulk in the same sense as like the Mad Men sixties. No, I get still, that, but I just yeah. I don't know. I 
Meaning agencies, I think you you think that agencies are charging like specifically media agencies, you know, that the media or the media yeah. department within agencies are, are charging a bunch of money because of the complexity of the buy or what have you. It's not really that. It's it's just the fact that they're in that space and they work with it all all day long and they have reps and they you know that's that's just yeah but that's what i'm saying like there's that industry like inside baseball knowledge that that is only able to exist because of complexity yeah to an extent there is some level of complexity i I mean i don't think like uh you know the guild of blades that website that we (laughs) tore apart yeah is going to be able to navigate those waters very easily nor nor are they even going to want to in all honesty like it's no because they have the task of you know just managing their business you know and keeping their own yeah but at the same time they don't want to worry about like all of the minute details uh, that come with placing ads and stuff that is the probably a good 40 percent 30 percent of your business is is marketing and advertising though no i understand that it's marketing and advertising but like getting into like the nitty-gritty and into the weeds of it that's like, why they hire an agency, yeah. Exactly. That's but that's what I'm saying. saying. They, don't, they don't have time for that. You're removing mm-hmm. the weeds, like, by pushing everything into algorithmic. Everything the, is algorithmic, though. I mean, the place... No, I know that, Twitter but you don't... But like you nothing. still... But you're still charging, like, media planner. You're, you're still, like... We have, like, 15 media planners. Why the fuck do we have 15 media planners? Because we have, like, 25, 30 clients. I know that, but if you had... If it was... You don't have to plan the media... If you just basically say, hey, TikTok, this is the product. This is what it looks like. Start showing yeah, it You got to do that for every platform. You got to do that for Facebook and TikTok and Twitter. Kind of. But there's so many aggregator platforms. Terrestrial I, radio. I know how it works now, but I'm saying that like the, I guess the, the main thing that I'm trying to illustrate is the conflict between the existing economic incentives of the existing players, the big players in the space and the emerging technology and the capacity for simplification when it comes to this stuff and the way that those interact. And the funny part about it is that Elon Musk is in the middle of it and he doesn't understand what's going oh, yeah, on. He has no clue. Yeah. No clue. That, I mean, I guess, is that, is it fair for me to say that like the big agencies have an incentive to keep things as complicated as possible? Um, I th- or at least, at least to project that it's com- more complicated than it is. Well, I mean, I, I, I think it's because it is complicated. <laughs> I don't think there's a real easy way to simplify unless we had like one social network or something. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like if you, but the, the Elon, like what, what I understood Elon's pitch to be, and I think uh, it's, which is somewhat naive just because it ignores the economics and his position in it is that he thinks that advertising should function in the same way that organic recommendation functions, which, which is to say that the which, audiences are built on the fly when new topics are introduced. Yeah, which, and there are a lot of people within advertising agencies that have that exact same argument. The only thing that is but a little but confusing they're, they're, but to me but is what... That, that's usually attached to it, and we're going to do that for you. Uh, yeah, to an extent. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're in the business of making money, so yeah, they're going to always try to input themselves into the situation to say, yeah. I'm just, I'm are, just saying, I think that becomes harder that. and harder to do if you reduce the complexity associated with running campaigns generally. I do think that the elimination of say mark micro targeting would probably be a reduction of ad spends potentially. No, well, I wouldn't even say No, that you're the spend stay the same. I'm I'm not saying I'm saying the spend stay the same. I'm just saying a lot of people lose their job. A lot of people yeah, if if you if you didn't have to like do all the audience crap and and like 
you know, especially in today's world with the uh, CPRA and, and GDPR and all these like privacy laws where you can't get any PII legally, you know, exchanging PII is very, you know, when, when you're trying to target people, you're, you obviously have to learn certain amount of information about those individuals and you get into rough waters when it comes to certain legislations. I mean, everybody, the whole cookie list thing and what have you. So if that was eliminated, yeah, there there wouldn't be as a need for as many bodies to cover an ad campaign. You could probably yeah, have and one you wouldn't person. even with the PII stuff. Like that's another great example of why. Like mm-hmm. the there's a technical and simplicity incentive to do this kind of thing because if it is more of a black box, you're not collecting any information. You don't need information. Yeah. You're not doing retargeting campaigns. You're just you're just letting it do its thing. So I guess that's that's my overall point is that there is a conflict at the center of this old money, if I can call it that stands in the way of it's funny to even talk about any of this like with with any type of like i because we're talking about advertising fuck all of it i don't give a shit but it is interesting to see that there there are these two competing forces there is one one thing though that you keep on saying like as far as the incentive the ad agencies might actually be more incentivized to lose the micro targeting because then they could make more money because they're they're gonna end up well you can fire they're gonna end up with this yeah, they're going to fire people and then take take more media profits because the ad spends are probably not going to change. And my example of Apple, Apple does not do micro-targeting. Apple does very little in the digital space. Most of their spend is in the what would be considered linear or terrestrial, like old school like media, which is yeah. television advertisements. And, you know, you got your pre-roll for YouTube videos and stuff like that, but it's not tailored to a specific audience because again they see themselves as a critical mass product that wants to advertise every every eyeball in the united states of america in the world really they want to see the the beautiful you know iphone 14 or whatever they don't care that sue in alabama is in the market for a new device and could very well fit within the mold of blah 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 they don't they don't do that. They don't play that. Nike doesn't play that. A lot of these no, that, huge that's what, brands that's what the do providers that. do. That's what <laughs> AT&T does instead for them. Yeah, I mean, even that, though. That, well, that, that advertising is actually covered by AT&T in an agreement in order to have exclusive rights to iPhone um, uh, reimbursement plan. It's a whole complex web yeah. of, of freaking exploitation or what have you. But the point is, whoever's running Apple's iPhone campaign is probably running on fewer people than we run some PetSmart stuff because the PetSmart stuff demands, oh, if this person's over 66 and needs knee surgery, you know, we only want to advertise to this person who has a net worth of $250,000 or whatever, you know, these like, they probably have more creatives though. Specific. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. They definitely do have more creatives. Apple handles some of the creative in-house, my understanding, too. They have their own marketing department. But the ad agency is dealing with a huge freaking multi-million dollar, hundred million dollar ad campaign regardless. So yeah, maybe the maybe know. the ad agencies for them are just logistical. Like they're they're just um Apple like, still has an ad or, agency. They you know they, no, they still do. they do, yeah. They still yeah, they still place everything. I don't know who who is doing so they, they the paused or they reduced but, spend on Twitter at the recommendation of their ad agency. Yeah. And that's exactly that that very point. So the ad agencies do step in because they have, again, these relationships. They're the online people, the people who are, you know, too online and know exactly what's going on and, and what have you. While, you did know, did PetSmart, are... like, say anything about Twitter? Do, do we do do we do any advertising on Twitter? 
Uh, we do for certain clients. We do advertising on, on Twitter, but it, it's never been a big thing for any yeah. of our clients. I do think we have pulled. They have pulled back a little bit. In, in they some, some they almost eliminated now. Facebook when the uh, um the, the you know, something app ask app not to track something happened and they they uh almost completely well no they did they paused Facebook spending which the majority of the spending is still from Facebook as far as the, our clients are concerned I actually just had a run in with that ask app not to track thing uh I found like I was doing uh you okay I just to, yeah I just wanted to search on eBay and it wouldn't load the app unless I allowed it to track. Uh, uh, it was like, yeah, you have this setting off. You need to turn it on. Facebook like, okay. Meta has, has been uh, really aggressive about getting you to turn yeah. that shit on. Yeah. It's both like eBay wouldn't even let me load the app. Like it wouldn't They're, like let me browse unless I had it on. Oh, wow. I, I, they were definitely considering that nuclear option. I'd be surprised. Yeah, I mean, if they I, did, testing. I did. I did. Once I turned it on, I could get in. And then, uh, then I was able to turn it off, and now it's letting me search without it. But I, I also don't like the language. Like, I don't like the language of like ask the app not to track. Uh, well, we're gonna ask them, and they might say no. You know, <laughs> it should just be like don't allow. No, it does. It does lock them out. Like it does. It does prevent them from doing it. I, I wonder. I, if I, just, lo- I just think that the language needs to be a little more. I mean, they. I don't know. Uh, I think that. What it does. I, I think the language. To me, it reads like it came out of a focus group where they just found the majority of people. They wanted you. They would rather you say yes to it than no. I think. I think you're more likely to just passively agree to a thing, yeah. as in ask them not to track, as opposed to the inverse, where you'd have to hit decline. No, it's 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 not that. It's literally just the language. Ask them not to track. Okay. Like that right there, to me says that if I say if I say ask them not to track then it's not it's not me telling them don't track me it's it's me asking them does that lower your likelihood of of saying yes no i mean i'm still gonna i'm still gonna like i'm still gonna like say ask them not to track me because that's the option that i have it doesn't make it seem like it locks them out of tracking maybe it's apple punting maybe it's them saying well if they do find a way to track it's not our fault or should we just ask them maybe it just doesn't seem like, <laughs> like the language politely. doesn't make it sound like you're locking them out of tracking you. It just sounds like you're leaving it up to the app themselves yeah, to that decide is, whether like, or not they're mm-hmm. going to but they, track they still you have, or not. They still have ways, like Facebook is still able to piece some of your shit together. Um, yeah. Maybe it's just not wanting to give you a false sense of security. Maybe. It has definitely put a, a dent in, in uh, Zuckerberg's hat, in I'm his car. <laughs> um, put a dent in his Tesla. Is it? Do you guys, do we have time to, to end out on a fun one? Yeah, uh, yeah, let's end on a fun one. All right. I was, I I was going to say we should end, but oh, yeah. let's, 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 let's keep it quick. As long as it's quick. Andrew take got shit on so hard by Greta Thunberg that he that got arrested. <laughs> yeah. It was beautiful. He got, arrested. he got arrested. He tried to pick a fight with a teenage girl on the internet, and uh, he got arrested. What was he even <laughs> doing? Why did he... Was it just out of the blue with the whole Bugatti? So, yeah, no, he unprompted... Thing? unprompted this man this adult man and for those yeah. of you who don't know andrew tate is like one of those manosphere influencers before uh, he, before you go too shit. far he didn't yeah. get arrested for <laughs> because, it, because oh no he, that's the joke carl come he, on no no believe what carl, you want come on believe what click you want. Ba- it's, no it's clickbait nonsense knock that shit <laughs> off believe what you want he got arrested because he got shit on so hard by a teenage girl on the internet no no. So Andrew Tate is a, a Manosphere influencer guy. He you, you might recognize him 
from such hits as buy my course for $200 so that you're not a cuck anymore. Uh, but that's actually, that's all of them. I think um, he had a, he had a podcast interview that I really liked where he was talking about how his little brother was like excited about being good at a video game at like Modern Warfare 2 or something. And he, he tells this story and sometimes it's not realized how much, how big of a piece of a shit he is where his brother was like excited about this thing when he's like a kid. And then he's like, yeah, but does it matter? What are you making asshole. any money on it? I tell are it to you... my eight-year-old all, all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Like, why are you over here enjoying things? You need to oh, make so yourself you, you miserable. Are the, you are the imposter in Among Us, and you you killed everybody within five seconds. Yeah. Does it matter? What's the ROI on that, bitch? <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Why yeah, don't you fucking bit, sweep the floor the like I asked set. you to earlier today? Yeah. The the grind oh, set. Yeah. Mine uh, is make your bed. So he's a, he's a horrible he's a horrible piece of shit. He's like very uh, very big manly dude. He's um he does this thing where he'll go on like a, he's a kickboxer, space to bro, his, to his millions of his millions of yeah to his millions of followers. And he's like, yeah, I actually don't give a shit about any of you. Like I'll I'll just block random ones of you. He's like, oh look at this comment. Oh hi, Andrew, big fan of a block. He's got a and so he does this thing, and people eat that shit up. But it's like you, if you actually wanted to be your own person, if you actually wanted to pretend that you don't need the validation from this audience that you clearly, you clearly needed to live, uh, delete your account, log off. Like you, like if you don't care about them, why are you doing a fucking Twitter space? Why are you spending all of your time going on podcasts to be, to be seen and heard? You fucking little bitch. You got to get uh, to the, the, get, get to the actual exchange. Yeah. So he, so he posted a tweet. He posted a tweet unprompted because he he got kicked off of everything for being a huge piece of shit. Recently, new Twitter let him in, and uh, new Twitter. <laughs> he Twitter said, 2.0. So let he said him. on December twenty seventh, he tweeted, "Hello at Greta Thunberg." Just uh, a cold open, God, a cold, a cold, e- basically a cold email. Uh, I have thirty three cars. My Bugatti has a W sixteen eight liter quad turbo. My two Ferrari eight, my two Ferrari eight twelve Competizione, Competizione. That's Italian, certainly. You just start again. I can't. I can't be bothered. <laughs> Carl, I have six point five liter V twelves. This is just a start. So he's just humble bragging. Uh, please provide your email address so I can send a complete list of my car collection, their respective enormous emissions. Keep in mind, this is an unprompted tweet sent to a teenager by someone who doesn't care what anybody else thinks. Remember that he does not care. This, and as you can tell from the tweet, he does not care what anybody else thinks. And so Greta Thunberg, uh, climate change activist, she's not just a teenager. Very, very. Well, widely, widely known. She's not going to be a teenager forever. Isn't she 18? <laughs> she's got to be at least 18. Right? Yeah, she's like yes. 18. She's, she's a, I mean, I, I understand like teenager, sure, kid, she's, still till 19, yes, but, but, please but do, she's a fucking yes. adult. <laughs> she responded, yeah, okay, yeah, so she, uh, whatever. She said, uh, yes, please do enlighten me. Email me at smalldickenergy at getalife.com <laughs> is what, and then, uh, oh. which is, you know, it's pretty... It's, it's okay. It's a pretty good it's a burn. Good, it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. And uh, then burn. Andrew Tate responds, "How dare you?" With an ex- exclamation point and a question mark. Like. And then ten hours an intero, later, it was an intero bang. It was really and then upset. Ten hours later. Ten hours he later, he, he has his real, like, actual good response where he tweets a video of him smoking a cigar in his little office with his ugly ass oak wood wall panels, uh, saying. Thank you for confirming via your email address that you have a small penis at Greta Thunberg. The world was curious, and I do agree you should get a life. So he's just doing the I'm rubber, you're glue. Anything you say to me bounces off and sticks to you. Dude, that, like he's I, doing he, middle school. Dude, he pulled he pulled the jerk store. He pulled the jerk store comeback from Seinfeld. That's what he did. 
Do you guys not? Are you not familiar no, with the I, shark store I, I comeback? Don't, I don't know if I know this. So the, yeah. this whole episode, like George, George gets like you know he's in the office setting, and some there someone you know throws some snark at him. He's he's like the whole time he's like fuming, and he finally comes up with the most amazing comeback, the jerk store comeback, and then you know the guy ends up leaving the company or he's in some other place, but. George drives down to Ohio to meet with this, to be in a boardroom with this guy and he's eating a bunch of shrimp and the guy goes, Hey George, the, uh, the ocean called, you know, they're running out of shrimp. And he goes, okay. Right. Well, the jerk star called, called. Yeah. and they're running out of you, you know? And it's like, he just thinks it's this amazing comeback yeah. and it just falls flat, you know? Uh, this is uh in in the video get some good quotes from in here and I'd, i would be upset if you didn't pull some of these randy did you did you uh, see the matt walsh response I, I'm, let me can i do the can i quote the video real quick sure go for it this is, uh, i'm not actually mad at greta because she doesn't realize she's been programmed she's doing that i'm not mad please don't put in the newspaper that i was mad uh drill tweet because she doesn't realize she's been programmed she doesn't realize she's a slave to the matrix she thinks she's doing good someone has sat her down and convinced her to try and convince you to beg your government tax you into poverty to stop the sun from being hot so incredibly tortured but into poverty it tax, tax you into poverty the sun for, being hot the sun being yeah, yeah yeah like he's he's still on this like thing where he's like randomly going after her like she did not the, the best part about it is that she did not like she, she didn't fucking give him the time of day like she did not like uh respond on the merits she didn't do maybe what he was expecting her to do uh which is to be like no like you shouldn't do that that's bad she just said fuck you suck my dick yeah. and he didn't know how to respond to that so he's just like keeping up that like momentum that he already had for his like campaign that he was going to launch. And so he's still on the fucking sun shit. Uh, But yeah, I'm not mad. Him saying I'm not mad is amazing. There's also a point in this video where he asked somebody to hand him some pizza and uh, someone off frame brings him two boxes of pizza and on the pizza boxes. Oh, a little bit of context. Uh, He's been on the run from the authorities for doing (laughs) crimes uh, such as human trafficking, human trafficking and running, yeah. running, uh, basically like a sweatshop for cam girls, essentially, and just being a huge piece of shit, like just evil, evil shit. So he's been on the run, and he asks someone off frame to bring him pizza, and it's an obscure local restaurant near where he lives in Romania. People are speculating that this may have been what ultimately tipped the Romanian authorities off to come and get his ass, which would be amazing. It would be absolutely amazing. No, he's got. He's been arrested. Yeah, he doesn't, the, care. he doesn't care. He doesn't care about. No, the me, picture you know, of him so. getting arrested is awesome because he looks like the like the Savile the Savile guy that he is inside deep inside. Vapid. I actually soul. didn't really know what he looked like until I saw this. Really? Saw you do this the? Can you do the Matt Walsh? Yeah, I don't. Tweet, I, don't Randy? I don't follow this guy. The Matt Walsh tweet is just. It's taken the uh, the Andrew Tate ten hour response to a whole nother level, which is basically. People are acting like this is the greatest insult of all time, and pretend, meaning Greta Thunberg's is uh, the greatest insult of all time, and pretending not to notice that she completely fumbled it by saying that it, this is her own email address. <laughs> just, just so, so stupid. Just totally, so, completely missing big, the big fucking idiots, joke. A bunch like, of big, big dummies. Yeah, yeah. Small dick energy at getalife.com is Greta. Is Greta's real email address? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, actually, so, actually, somebody, if you think somebody, about it, you owned yourself. I'm not owned. Somebody, I'm not owned. Somebody had. Somebody has a comment. It's like Matt Walsh enters a bar and gets a um, ask a girl for a number, and she writes on the notepad one eight hundred eat eat a dick. Or she's like, she's like oh, <laughs> he wow. looks at it, he's like, oh wow, she eats dick. <laughs> like, nice yeah. phone number, idiot. <laughs> Not, you should get a, a new one. Oh, uh, Matt Walsh is awesome because he tweeted recently some transphobic shit where he was like, 
Oh uh, yeah, no pronouns like. They're, they're not real. You can't just decide what your pronouns are. Like, that's just something that it, you just have. Like, Matt, mm-hmm. Matt, what's Matt short for? You changed your fucking name. What are you talking about? So, big idiots. Big idiots. There was one on, um, in the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu community. Uh, I think it's, his name's, I think it's Gordon Ryan. He's, like, huge, huge, like, BJJ star. And um, I think probably one of the best ever to uh to compete and he's just like on this twitter war and someone's like yeah here here's him showing his amazing intellect again because this commenter said something like uh you know everybody has pronouns and he's like look at this idiot who said everybody has pronouns <laughs> and like and like the one the one comment that like was like the top comment on on reddit was some was something along the lines of just saying this just like well gordon ryan is absolutely correct in in the statement in the statement because gordon ryan does not have any pronouns and when gordon <laughs> ryan is talking about you know himself or, or when gordon ryan is talking about gordon ryan he you know he only talks about gordon ryan in the third person he? because gordon ryan does not have pronouns <laughs> yeah it's just ridiculous i'm just but it's kind of along the same lines it's yeah. like Everybody exactly. has yeah, Randy, fucking pronouns. You're, you're <laughs> right. If, if stuff like this keeps happening, Randy, Twitter, Twitter, a thousand years. Twitter's not going anywhere. The best comment to the Matt Walsh's, which is anti-groomer Matt Walsh sticking up for a man literally under investigation for sex trafficking. <laughs> that was from David yeah. C. Bell or Movie Hooligan at Movie Hooligan. Give credit where credit's due, man. That was a good tweet. Yeah, yeah. This isn't the pot calling the kettle black. This is the giant obsidian uh, obelisk from Arrival. <laughs> <laughs> calling the kettle black and idiots man all right you guys ready wrap it up yep episode 17 i'm gonna plug the voicemail again because it's all i've done for the last three days is working yeah, this do it, fucking do it, do it. uh page it so if you want to get we, your voice is, we got your buddies uh voicemail um dogging on dogging on android oh he's been he's been testing it he's been testing it yeah he uh, did a rap and then he said iphone's microphone is better than android's I thought maybe he was preempted by some something that you might have said about me or something. Uh, no, I don't. I'll, I don't I'll know. take the he's bait a, though. I'll take the bait. I, I, let, let, let me just clarify. Okay, iPhone one device. Like which which Android? Because he he said that he's a user of both Android and iPhone. He does. He has like six phones. Up. He does have six phones. It's like I mean, hi, hi, hi Coke. Hello. It's too. Uh, it's too many. There's too many. Uh, too many androids. So that that'd be a weird comparison. To, it would that's be kind of the problem, though, don't you think? It's just it's there's not one consistent uh, operating system. Too much competition is always a problem, Carl. That's right. You should just have one. Oh, it's not. Oh, come on, please. It's there's there's like one real version of Android, and that everything else is just the bastardized version of Android. That's not competition. That's I just that's love bullshit. how you guys are so pro open source when it until it comes to. Yes. Then, I, yes. Yes. That's literally I, everyone is like that. That's <laughs> everyone is like that. Yeah, I'm pro open source when it's not my shit. Yeah, Absolutely. Exactly. No, I. We should do some open source stuff. But the, okay, go to wedocrime.com/slash/voicemail. Uh, send us a message. Ask us a question. Give us some advice. Feedback. Do a bit. Tell a story. You got about do thirty seconds to do that, though. You only have 30 seconds. fifty seconds is the current limit. Oh, you uh, it it'll transcribe seconds? it for you. Kind of. Don't worry about the accuracy. It's just experimental stuff is just keep us organized let us search for stuff and you could appear easier. on the show yeah your voice on this show yeah next to us which will be which, by the way may, do we have like may or an, may not incriminate you in the future picture like your licensing voice. agreement or user content license like privacy any terms any kind of thing? no we should probably no. Throw that uh, imagine no don't worry about it uh it's fine 
It's fine. Uh, the, the, if, imagine your voice being heard aloud in the courtroom when we're all <laughs> being sued into oblivion for, for probably like something we would never expect to be sued into oblivion for. There's, there's a million like clear. Probably something that you said. That you Probably said. something that you said. Uh, <laughs> and we aired. And that we aired. So if you want, if you want your choice, if, if you've got any dog whistles, drop them. Drop your dog whistles here. If you're trying to activate a sleeper cell. We are pretty uh, sensitive to some with, of the dog whistles, by the way. But with a, with a code phrase. Yeah, you can try it. You can try it. See how good our content moderation skills are. Maybe we should be the new Twitter CEOs, the three of us. Yeah. Elon, Elon, yeah. I know we've said some bad things, but if you're if you're still looking, we've got you, man. We know how advertising works. Mostly. <laughs> mostly. Mostly. The, between the three <sighs> of us, we've got a pretty good handle. On, I think we'd be all right. Certainly more than you. Um, Elon. I'm speaking to Elon. We certainly know more than him yeah. about advertising. Yeah. We well, I'm excited to hear from you. Elon I'm excited Musk. to hear your Elon messages. Elon Musk does not have pronouns. Oh, and just so you know, uh, your messages, the way that they, they are presented to us is that they right now they are just being streamed directly into our Slack channel for this podcast. So you basically oh, will be part of that conversation as well. Uh, and it also, oh, it costs us money when you do it too. It costs us money when you submit these things. Oh, so, God damn, Drew. Why are you saying all this? People know. <laughs> you're just going to cut it out. Just cut no, it no, out, no, no. People, people need to see behind the curtains. We're gonna make no, it all open don't. source anyway. So no, they don't. We don't and need somebody look, developing look inside a fucking my robot curtains. to autofill this shit. We got captcha. I didn't set it up yet, but we can. <laughs> yeah, there's right now. There's no captcha on this. The entire site doesn't have captcha on it, by the way. So you can go nuts. All right. Good night, right, guys. guys. Good night. Good night. Now watch. Now watch. Now watch this drive. We're not selling anybody's data. Now watch this drive. I have a son. He's 10 years old. He has computers. He is so good with these computers.